Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. show about science. This is your host, Nate, and today we're at Southern California Public Radio. I brought my audio recorder with, and we've got some awesome treats for you, so stay tuned. If you listen to Brains On, then you know Sand and Titan. I help produce a podcast called Brains On, and it's a podcast where we take questions from people and we try to find the answer, and often that answer is science-based. I came to the California Public Radio Station where Sandin works to talk about Brains On. But first, it's tour time. Come on, guys. Let's go meet Sandin in the tech room at the radio station. That's where we fix everything. That's where they handle all our computer problems and where they repair microphones and stuff. So we've got a lot of nerds down here. <laughs> and you can see they've got all these cool toys. Real quick, Rick, do you want to explain? This is Nate. He's visiting from Chicago. Hello. He has a podcast called Show About Science. Hey, how's it going? Do you want to tell Good. him what, what, what we do <laughs> in this room and why there's all these tools and wires and everything? This radio station, it's, it's a 24-7 man, so... We need somebody to fix things like our antennas, anything in the studio, any of that stuff. So we, when something actually arises and some issue, we're here to help and figure it out. From the antennas all the way up to the mountains, we pretty much kind of do it all. <laughs> That's um, amazing. And so what do we what have we got here? Well, Tesla is, coil. It is a Tesla <laughs> coil. <laughs> okay, this is the most best part of the entire tour. A real, live, working Tesla coil. It's very cool. This Tesla coil was built by somebody as a hobby, and he built it out of all sorts of stuff you can buy at a normal store, so most of it. You can see here, what are these pieces? Do you recognize these? Um, bolts and no. magnets. No, they're Legos. <laughs> and do you see this under here? That's a pie tin. Yeah, so he built all this stuff out of things he could buy at stores, and he did it as a hobby. He just wanted to see if he could build one. But uh, we're not sure if it works, so we're going to see here if, if he actually built it so that it works. Um, I think it'll work, so everyone stand back, because I heard this it transmits lightning. I These things are pretty dangerous, That's I heard. Right. Glad you know. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, turn it off, turn it off. Turn it off. That was amazing. Wow. <laughs> okay, 
so I can't believe that just happened. I, I was a little scared, and now let's leave. Okay, so I can't believe that. I, I cannot, thanks, thanks. And by the way, I cannot believe that just happened. I cannot believe that just happened. That Tesla coil made out of stuff you can buy at the store just emitted electricity. Did you get a little scared? What no, no, like? that was awesome. It looked, it, it looked like lightning. And what color looked, was the lightning? The color was white and blue. Yeah. Was it loud? It was super loud. I hope you guys hear that. So, um, hey guys, now can we continue on with the tour? Yes. Absolutely. Thanks, Rick. So, what's next? All right, so next we're gonna go check out where we get all of our radio signals from and where we store them. It's a big server room, so it's like a room full of lots of computers. Okay. It's a very important room, so they don't actually let me in it. <laughs> what? I have, I have a little badge here when I try to scan in. It blinks red, I can't get in there. But oh, you can, can see, you it. see it. So all these different servers are where we get feeds from around the world. So we don't just broadcast our own content. Sometimes we get content from other parts of the country, other parts of the world. And when we do that, it gets beamed in via satellite to these computers, and we store it until we want to play it. And so we also have a really important, do you see that big red light over there? Yes. What do you think that does? Uh, it transmits it. No, that light goes off if there's too much silence on the radio. Because if there's nothing coming over the radio, they think maybe we've lost our signal. Uh -huh. So that's a panic button. And when it starts blinking red, all these people, like Rick who you just met, they get a text on their phone that says, uh-oh, we seem to have lost our signal. It gets triggered if there's like 11 seconds of silence or something close to that. And I've been told that it's been triggered before by This American Life using dramatic pauses <laughs> by accident. So what's next? Let's go upstairs and meet all the people who make the radio. Okay. Sounds fun. That's not fun. Hi. Hey, so could you tell me about your job? Sure, I'm a health reporter and I report on what makes people healthy. And what's your name? My name is Rebecca Plevin. What's your name? My name is Nate. Do you listen to Brains On? Yes, I do. <laughs> Nate also has his own podcast. <gasps> the show about science. Wow, what was your latest episode about? My latest? Actually, I'm recording right now, so this is probably going to be um, another episode, but my latest episode is... Um, an episode on evolution. I, I mean, the effects of climate change on evolution. Wow. I'd love to listen to it. Where can I find it? You can um, find it on the podcast app on your phone and um, just search Nate or the show about science. <laughs> <laughs> so let's introduce you to another reporter. This is Libby Denkman. She's our host of Morning Edition right now. Hi. Hello. Oh, you have a recorder there. Yeah, so could you... Tell me about what you do. Oh, sure I can. Well, I am the host of Morning Edition for right now on KPCC, and I'm also a reporter. So sometimes I get on the radio and I talk about news. Sometimes I interview people. A lot of times I read stories kind of in an anchory voice, um, and I try to explain the news for Southern California. Oh, I also do traffic, too, sometimes. Uh-huh. So now... 
to the next part. <laughs> okay. Can you say thank you? Thank you. Thanks, Libby. So where are we going next again? So this is the center of the newsroom. This is where we plan all the day's news. Right now it's empty, but in the morning and in the afternoon, everybody gathers here and we talk about all the stuff going on in California and we decide what we want to cover. Hi, so um, could you tell me what you're working on? Is this live? Um, this, no, this isn't, but I'm making an episode for the show about science. I'm working on Governor Jerry Brown's State of the State address. So he's talking about what's going to happen this year, what he is prioritizing, and his response to Donald Trump being president. Okay, so thank you. Thank you. And by the way, what's your name? My name's Kristen. What's your name? My name is Nate. Nate, it was so nice to meet you. You too. So Nate. I think you're going to do big things. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and by the way, um, yesterday I was on Ellen. Oh, wow. <laughs> a little bit you buried the lead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a newsroom expression, bury the lead. The lead is the thing you should lead the story with, the first information you should tell people about. But if you tell them the most exciting stuff at the end, people say, oh, you buried the lead. You buried it with all this other information. The fact that you want Ellen is the most exciting thing. You should lead with that. So now let's talk about Brains On a podcast where kids like me send questions into Sand and Molly and Mark, and then they answer those questions, and the answers are usually science-based. So we try to find out, you know, why people fart, if someone wanted to know that. <laughs> or we'll look into how dogs' noses work, because people are curious about why dogs sniff other dogs' butts. Um, sometimes people ask us about why ants always walk in a line. So we're working on an episode right now about ants. Uh, we've other had other questions about tornadoes and thunderstorms, about the color of the sky. So basically anything people are curious about, we'll help them try to find the answer. And then on our show, we bring the people who often ask the question and have them interview a scientist to get the answer themselves, kind of like what you do on your show. What was your favorite question somebody's asked you about? Oh, that's a good one. We've gotten a lot of really good questions. I can't remember my favorite, but we just had one the other day that I thought was cool. Someone asked, how can you tell if a squirrel is pregnant? <laughs> which, which is a great question. I don't know. And I also don't know exactly how you'd even come to wonder that. <laughs> but I'm interested in knowing the answer. <laughs> oh, I know one that was really good too. Someone once asked us if you had a lake and it, you put a bunch of lemonade in it. And so it was a lemonade lake and then it evaporated if there would be um, lemon powder left behind or if it would rain lemon juice. Ew, that sounds cool. Let's hear a clip from that episode. Nine-year-old Izzy is kind of an expert on the subject. She's from Seattle, and in addition to coffee, computers, and throwing fish, Seattle is known for rain. Izzy has an interesting thought experiment about a very special kind of rain. If there is a lake of lemonade and it evaporated, would it rain lemonade the next day? Good question, Izzy. And now I'm a little thirsty. That's producer Mark Sanchez expressing his need for lemonade. Hello, Mark. Hey, Molly. So how did you track down the answer to Izzy's question? Did you actually fill a lake with lemonade? Oh, I wish I did. I wish I could. But sadly, no. And since we don't have the time or money to fill a lake with lemonade, we're going to have to build one in our minds. So what, what happened? Well, you have to listen to the episode because it's complicated. There's a lot of what ifs. 
but it may be possible that there might be slightly lemon-smelling rain. Maybe, like, just in the region, lemon-smelling rain. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But a couple different things would have to happen first. If you listen to the episode, you'll explain exactly how it would work. But also, where would you get a giant lemon-laid lake from? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you could just get all the water out of it and pour lemonade into it. Yeah, I mean, one day when I'm a bazillionaire, I may just want to have a lemonade lake for funsies, you know? Why not? But I probably have to wait until I have a lot of money because lemonade can cost a lot, especially if you're filling up a lake. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I don't know what that would do to the fish. Like, do fish like lemonade? My guess is no. Yeah, but there's a lot of ifs. Like, if the pond had no fish. Right. If the pond had no fish and no plants because the plants might not like the lemonade. So there's a lot of ifs. And if there's no frogs. That's right. You don't want any frogs to jump in there and then they get all soured out because... You know that face you make when you, when you have something sour? You're like, <laughs> imagine if a frog did that. <laughs> might make it hard for them to catch flies if their face is all. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's the most recent episode about? We've got one coming up about ants, and we're going to be doing one about elevators. Science of elevators? I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, the science of how they work and also maybe a little bit of the history and the future of elevators, like where elevators might be going in the future. Some people think there may be magnet elevators one day or elevators that can go sideways. Some people even talk about the idea of building an elevator up into space. So how do you think we could um, do an elevator up to space? Well, it's an interesting idea because if you could get an elevator that goes far up into the sky, you wouldn't have to launch things. And launching is really difficult. It takes a lot of fuel. There's a lot of danger involved when you have that much fuel and you're blasting something up into space. But if we had an elevator, you could just kind of hoist it up. The problem is to get really high, you need a really tall elevator, taller, way taller than any of the buildings that we currently have. And That means you have to build with a material that's really strong that can hold up all that weight because the taller you get, the more the thing weighs. So the problem is right now finding some kind of material that would be so strong that we could build it really tall and it wouldn't break, it wouldn't fall over, it wouldn't collapse. But if we could come up with the right material, then we can make these elevators and put them on top of really tall mountains and then we can just hoist up stuff and then all it has to do is launch it just a little bit and then it's suddenly in space and we save a lot of fuel and there's a lot less danger and we can get stuff into space really quick and easy and then maybe we'll start building bases in space. Okay, so what was your favorite show you did on Brains On? I think the one that I think about the most is one we did about how dogs' noses work. And in that one, we learned that humans, we have pretty weak noses compared to dogs. Like, humans can smell things okay, but dogs can smell things really great. It's almost like, you know how you can see all sorts of stuff with your eyes? Dogs have that much perception, if not more, in their nose. So they're smelling things all around us that we don't even pick up on. And they can tell which nostril a scent entered, so they can tell whether something was to the left or to the right. And they can um, even smell things we can't smell, like pheromones. And so they can smell another dog and kind of get a sense of, is that dog happy today? Is that dog angry? What has that dog been up to? Um, and so it's just, I just love the idea that there's a whole other world that my dog is smelling when I take her on walks that I don't even get access to. So I've got a question for you that you might want to cover in another video. All right, hit me. How do elephants 
um, what do you call them? Trunks. Trunks work. Like, how do they smell, and how do they, what do they do? That's, that's a good question, because I, I don't even know why they have those trunks. Like, what do you think they have them for? I think they have them either for breathing or for squirting water. Yeah, or maybe scratching their backs. Maybe. Yeah. Or, but I've, I've heard they have, they're a lot of reasons, so I think that you could have fit a whole episode on that. I totally think we could do a whole episode on that. There's a lot of good elephant questions. I would also like to know, like, more about their families, because I hear they travel in packs and stuff. Plus, I hear that elephants have really good hearing. Like, they can hear rain from very far away and know whether or not they should head in a direction if they need to get a drink. Okay, so where does is all the radio station and power come from? Um, well, <laughs> we have a radio transmitter up on a mountain. Uh, and that radio transmitter, we power that with electricity and it sends out the broadcast all across Southern California. Uh, we also, we, you know, we run off electricity here at our station in Pasadena, but we have a giant backup generator because one day Southern California is going to be hit with a big earthquake. We don't know when, but we know that it's going to happen based on all the evidence we know about earthquakes. So when that happens, we're probably going to lose power, but people are still going to want to tune into radios to find out what's going on. So we built a big backup generator. It's about the size of someone's garage. And the backup generator, it um, will turn on when we lose power and make sure that our radio station will still have electricity so that people can tune in and find out what's going on in Southern California, even if the rest of the area is blacked out. So thank you for being on the show. This was my honor, Nate. I'm so excited to finally be on your show. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. A big thank you to Rebecca Plavin, Libby Dankman, Ben Berkman, the business reporter, Kristen Lepore, and everyone else at Southern California Public Radio. Some of the music on this episode was provided by Sounds Like a Miracle and Jeff and Teresa Brooks. We also have a video of the Tesla coil. Just search for that on my YouTube channel. Dad, you can shut the recording off. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.